CCR 105 for March 31st, 2010. This edition of Cat Crave Radio is brought to you by PanthersFans.com. Cats fans, get your Carolina Panthers fixed with all the guys and gals over at PanthersFans.com. Stay up to date with all the latest news, transactions, and discussions only at PanthersFans.com. I'm ready to go, baby. D'Angelo Williams, left side crowded, goes up the middle, 50-yard line, he's in the clear, this has got potential, 40, 35, 30, 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. Still on a mission, though. Still on a mission. We're going to find out how far we can push ourselves. Jake DeLong's going, Steve Smith left side, caught for a touchdown. Keep the dream alive, baby. Welcome to the show dedicated to covering the Carolina Panthers. This is Cat Crave Radio. Coming up in this episode, our guest is Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer, who stops in to give us the inside scoop on the team's offseason. And Nick Gilman is back to provide the fans' perspective. Now, buckle your chin straps because it's time for kickoff. Here is your host for CCR, John White. Smitty speaks, and we all stop to listen. Welcome to another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thank you for making us a part of your day. Steve Smith says he isn't interested in a wide receiver to compliment him. He'd like to be a number two and be allowed to move around from outside to the slot. He's beginning to talk more about his age. He'll turn 31 in May. It's at least one indication that Smitty has grown as a person as he is embracing a role that could make him a mentor for a young player to teach them the ropes. Now, will the team act on his request to bring in a player to take the heat off of a guy who just might be the best player in team history? One player who has the attention of John Fox in the upcoming draft is Tim Tebow. Fox was asked about Tebow's unorthodox throwing motion and immediately compared the Florida Gator to Bernie Kosar. No one really knows if Fox is just talking up a player to throw other teams off the trail or not. Looks like none of us will know until sometime between April 22nd and April 24th. Many fans, including myself, have been critical of the team for conducting business as if they intend to play on the cheap to prepare for the mess the CBA will create in 2011. New team president Danny Morrison says the moves made by the organization were not motivated at all by the CBA and that they intend to keep the young nucleus of players intact. There is an internal budget, he says, but General Manager Marty Herney has been given the task of maintaining the talent level of the team. Meanwhile, free agency drags on as we all await the next move by the organization. Role players in the mold of Kedrick Vincent seem to be the order of the day. And as the news comes in, we promise we will keep you posted. Everybody keeps saying a compliment receiver, you know, to compliment me. I don't want somebody to compliment me. I'm turning 31 years old. People can say I'm losing speed, yada, yada, yada. Eh, whatever. But I would like a younger guy to come in and eventually take my spot. I don't want to be a number one anymore. I don't want to be a guy that can't let go of something that he's going to have to let go. I would like to be a guy that I could play in the slot all day and I could start some of these young fresh legs can start clearing out routes for me like I was doing for Moose and Ricky when I was fresh leg and when I didn't know what I was doing and really just start to develop and start handing over, handing the torch. I don't want to be this guy that can't let it go when it's time to let it go. 
I want to be a guy that just, to be honest, the next five years, I want to enjoy playing. And I, I really haven't enjoyed playing because of, man, I had goals and I want this and I want that. And in the process of wanting all these things, I kind of forgot that, man, I'm playing by my dream. So I just want I just want to settle down and, and just fade away in a good way, not in a bad way, but in a good way. So I can I could be like I really want to be ten years from now. I want to feel like I was a part of something special to help Carolina be one of those dynasty teams. And that's what I mean by I don't I want to compliment somebody. I want to add to what they already have. It's time for the Panther preview. Joining us as always, it's our old friend Mr. Nick Yeoman. We just heard Smitty talking about what Smitty talked about on uh, WFNZ, he'll give them an interview, won't give me one. And he hasn't called me yet, but he did uh, manage to go public with a few thoughts. Uh, Yeoman, are you ready to talk what little we can talk about and uh, maybe hit up some Smitty? Yeah, let's, let's talk about it. I know there's not, not a whole lot going on, but uh, this is the time of the year where, you know what, players, they, they can let their opinions felt about how they feel about where the teams are going and, and for the future, and that's uh, certainly what Steve Smith did earlier this week. And Smitty, I think, could make, he's one of those guys that could make headlines at an insurance seminar. I mean, if he if he's around, you know, something interesting is going to either come out of his mouth, he's going to make a statement that makes you go, what, what was that again, you know, or he's, he's just going to be Smitty. Well, now Smitty says, and this was, to me, this was the part that stood out of that entire 20-minute exchange that he had on the radio this week, and that is that he said, I don't want a guy to come in here to compliment me. I don't want a number two receiver. I want to be a number two receiver. Wow, okay, I'm sorry, um, you know, I uh, I was really scratching my head over that one. That was to me. That was the part that stood out the most. What were your thoughts on him saying, "I want to be a number two, not a number one"? Well, it's it's interesting. It's it's really interesting. I think it just further shows the you know the maturation of Steve Smith. I mean, we thought uh, you know two three years ago we thought okay, it's the guy that wants to be the number one, wants the ball coming to him all at all times. And then you know it, you know through a few months ago he's coming out and saying that he wants complimentary. He wants a guy that's maybe faster than him, and now we're hearing that, that he wouldn't mind even being a number two. I think he's just looking out uh, for the team, and I think he wants to win in the twilight of his career. I hope it's not the twilight. I hope he's got quite a few uh, good years left because I think he, he still certainly has a lot in the tank, but I think he, he sees what would be great for this team, and that's to get not only another guy that can compliment him, but another guy that can be a star, and I think it's a legitimate concern. I mean, you and I have talked about it in the past couple months. It's a, it's a big need for this team. There's pickings in the free agency, you know, who knows what you're going to get without a first-round pick, but wide receiver is certainly a position that this team needs to address, and uh, I just think it shows just a lot of Steve Smith to say that, hey, I want to go get a guy that's maybe even better than I am. Yeah, and the part I think that really is, if, if he said anything that is absolutely dead on the money, he's, you know, talking about a young guy coming in, fresh legs, somebody who, I mean, he he's not exactly a slow dude, but you're young and you're fast, you've got fresh legs, you're just coming into the league. I mean, that would definitely help him, but, you know, Smitty talking about going into the slot, I mean, I can't imagine how dangerous a guy like Steve Smith would be if you could line him up in the slot with somebody else taking the pressure off of him on the outside. I mean, it to me, that sounds like a scary proposition, so it sounds like Smitty's got it figured out, and like he kind of knows, I mean, he knows about a lot more about this than I do, obviously, so... He he knows the game, and to me, that's the part that if if they could do anything, if they could use him that way and move him around more, 
obviously he knows what he's talking about. It just seems to make sense. Well, well, yeah, and I think he realizes that, you know what, if they bring in a young receiver, even even in the first couple rounds, you bring in a, a highly touted, you know, a young receiver that can produce immediately, they're still going to double-team Steve Smith and put the second-best corner or a nickelback on that other wide receiver. Steve Smith knows that, so he wants a guy to come in that, that can star right away and, uh, and take some pressure off of him, put him into some single-covered situations. And as you mentioned, boy, if you can put Steve Smith in the slot, Get him out in the open field. We've seen how dangerous he is, even you know, even at the age that he is, above 30. So uh, it's it's going to be interesting. I just don't know if there's a whole lot out there. I don't know if he's going to be able to get what he wants right away. But uh, that, you know, that's that's left up to the front office and the coaching staff to go out and find that because it is certainly a big need and a big concern for the squad. That was a beautiful setup because you mentioned the front office. There's a story, and actually, this is one that you pointed out just before we started recording this. And that was a story that was posted over on ProFootballTalk.com. And Mike Florio, was, his headline was something similar to, you know, Herney could be out soon, or it was something to that effect. And I'm sorry, but okay, I'm not the biggest Mike Florio fan. And, and I'll, I'll, I'll go on record saying that. So before I ever looked it up, yeah, I'll admit I went over there with some skepticism. But the article that he actually is citing... It's one that Darren Gant wrote for The Observer. It's online. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in print also. It's about Danny Morrison making a statement or two about the team, and we're not playing it on the cheap. But he said what he had said about Marty Herney was not, oh, Marty Herney's deal is up in June, and we'll reevaluate him then. What he said was, Marty Herney's done a great job. If you look at the number of starters or guys that have come out of the draft in the last three or four years for this team, it's pretty darn impressive, and it is really, it actually is very impressive if you look at the numbers, but, I mean, to you, okay, let's say, let's say Florio's right. Do you think Herney deserves to go? I mean, to me, it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. If, I'm not going to be real popular for saying this, but I personally think if Herney gets fired and Fox got fired, Herney probably gets hired just as fast as Fox does. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on Herney, on this whole Florio mess, which obviously can't be true anyway? What do you think? Well, I don't know if I don't know if Marty Herney deserves to be fired, but if he is, there's, you know, it's not like, I mean, yeah, he's made some great decision. You know, you talk about what Gant points out that, you know, they've hit on a lot of draft choices, that some of the free agent moves that they've made have, have worked out. But we got to remember that Marty Herney's the guy that spearheaded the disaster that was giving Jake DeLome the extension, the disaster that turned out to be, you know, keeping Julius Peppers around and franchising, giving him the franchise tag and, and what's kind of crippled this team for what could be the next couple of years. So I could completely understand with the organization wanting to go in another direction, but I just don't know if it's going to be this June. I mean, the draft is before June. The the the, uh, the draft is at the end of April, and you would think if you want a new general manager in there, you want him drafting uh, for this team as soon as you can and, and making those decisions. And, and I just don't see it happening, I, I, not this June at least. I think they're going to let this play out, see what Fox and Herney could do with, with uh, the cap number that they have, the cash that maybe they'll spend, maybe they won't, and that what they can do in the draft with a team that, as we've talked about, is close. Uh, but certainly with some of the, the, the cuts that they've made in the past couple of months may not be as close as we think. And suddenly our head coach is talking more. I mean, not only did we see him cry at the press conference when uh, when Jake was, was being released, but now at the owners' meetings, I mean, he, he had a chance to uh, to talk to a couple of reporters, makes a few statements. One, he says, well, Jake really had to go. It could have been a distraction to have kept him here. 
And then he talks about, and this is where, okay, Fox, you, you lost me on this one. I'm sorry. Uh, I, 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 we can talk about stats if you want to or not talk about stats, but I've watched the kid play. And Tim Tebow, coach, no. Um, he's not even Bernie Kosar. And I think he's a, honestly, I think he's a tight end with a fairly strong and very slow release. That's what I think. But, I mean, your thoughts on Fox, what he had to say about Jake, what he had to say about Tebow. I mean, we're still talking quarterback, yeah, but has has Fox lost, uh, has he lost something? Uh, well, I don't know. If you're, if you're judging off of the recent comments, you might think so. I, I don't think Jake DeLone would have been a distraction. I really don't. I mean, he, he you know, he said in his press conference, if he would have had to sit behind Matt Moore and take up that take that backup role, he wouldn't have been happy about it, understandably so. But he wouldn't have been a distraction. And, and I honestly, I believe Jake Delhomme. I really don't think he would have been a distraction for this team. And and I think that maybe in a way Fox was just saying what what uh, you know maybe what what he thinks would be best for the team and best for the uh, the organization moving on. As far as Tim Tebow. I don't know. I think what, what John Fox and a lot of coaches are doing is they're kind of covering their rear ends. If, if this kid does turn out to be, you know, the second coming at the, at the professional level as well, I think everyone wants to say, well, at least we checked him out and, and we dug deep and, well, we just missed him rather than just buzzing over and saying, okay, he can't make the transition, you know, it's throwing motion and it's not going to translate over well. So I think he's kind of covering his rear end, uh, but I don't want to see Tim Tebow as a Panther. With all that being said, I do think that you know what, when the going gets tough and, and you're late in the game, that, that new throwing motion is going to go away, and, and I just don't think he's got the arm strength to get it done. I know arm strength gets thrown around, and it may be a little overrated, but I don't know if he has uh, really what it takes to excel at the NFL when you've got guys, those big six four, six five guys like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, Matt Ryan, those guys, uh, you know, really really succeeding in this league. So I don't think Tim Tebow is going to be a Panther, and I think John Fox is just checking him out to be safe. Yeah, and he could also be throwing other teams off of the, the trail, too. Maybe they're really not interested, but they want teams to think that they are. So that And that kind of thing happens. It's, it's gamesmanship. It happens with the draft all the time. So that could be happening. And Well, still, uh, there's free agency. That's still going on, and it's this has got to be the slowest and most boring free agency period I've ever seen in my life. Uh, if you want, you, you know, hang out a little bit, maybe talk about some of the free agents still available. Yeah, sure thing. Let me go grab a cold drink and I'll hang around. All right. And don't forget, get yourself on our list for the uh, newsletter. We send it out every week. We'll keep you up to date with what we're up to, uh, news from from over on the blog at catcrave.com. All you have to do is go to Catcrave Radio at the top of the page, click on newsletter, fill out the form. takes maybe a minute. Get that submitted, and we'll have you signed up for the CCR newsletter. Coming up later in the show, we'll be talking to Tom Sorensen, and Nick and I will come back, and we'll be looking at some of the key remaining free agents. Listen to our show every week by subscribing on iTunes. You can also check out our full archive at catcraveradio.com. This morning, a woman reached out. A man stepped up. Somebody sat down with 16-year-old Stephen and taught him better study habits, and suddenly, toughing it out till graduation seemed to Stephen a pretty good idea. We're realizing the way we live our lives can impact the way others live theirs, their education, their income, their health. We're not just wearing the shirt, we're living it. Give, advocate, volunteer, live united. Go to liveunited.org. Brought to you by United Way and the Ad Council. We want to know what's on your mind. Send us an email at catcraveradio at gmail.com. 
Again, that's cadcraveradio at gmail.com. Now, back to more CCR. Welcome back to the second part of the Panther Preview. Still with us, Mr. Nick Yeoman. Yeoman, you know, I don't know. I've been guilty of it. I'm sure pretty much every fan has been guilty of it. Some dude hits the street. He's a street free agent. He's available. We should go get him. We should bring him in for a workout. We all do it. We all lose patience. Is this, I mean, this, the way this is starting, the fact that we've brought in two completely unknown players, I mean, are you starting to kind of sweat this thing that like, oh boy, here we go again. We're not going to make any improvements. Well, I, no, I'm not really sweating it. I've just kind of come to terms that that is probably, in all reality, that's what it's going to be. I mean, I know there's a lot of fans that, that want you to go out and grab every big-name free agent or just notable name that might be able to help you. Uh, but I just don't think it's going to happen with this Panthers team. I think they're they're content with getting younger, improving through, through the draft, you know, maybe grabbing some lesser-known guys like we've seen so far, and maybe they can contribute in special teams and eventually become backups. Uh, you know, I mean, they've made the statement that the organization has that they're going to build through this core. They're going to stick with this core, young players, which they have. They've got a good core, uh, but I, I just don't know if this team makes any any uh, free agency moves in the next month. But it is always fun to look at those names and and try to pick which ones will be better for the team or not. Well, let's go through. I tell you what, I'll throw out a name. You and I both can either give a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, we can throw out a few names, I think, right off the top here. Uh, we'll look at, let's go defensive end first. And there's actually a long list of defensive ends still out there, unemployed, though they can find work easier than, you know, the average Joe out there. Joe the plumber couldn't find work. One of these guys could. So uh, let's let's look at the list. Let's throw a few of these guys out. We can throw out Marcus Spears, 27, too expensive. Richard Seymour may or may not stay in Oakland. He's a big question mark. Javon Curse, absolutely not. Uh, too injury prone, so we could throw those guys out. And maybe even Avani Holiday probably wouldn't be coming here unless he comes in extremely cheap. So that really only leaves us about five guys, give or take, who maybe or may not be available to us or people that we might look at. So let's start with Marquez Douglas. Thumbs up or thumbs down? I, I like I like Marcus Douglas. I mean, he's a hometown guy. He's from Greensboro. I think there's some there may be some potential with him. He is 33 though, and uh, if we've seen anything from this the organization, what they've done, and if, you, if we notice anything with this defensive end class and really across the defensive line as far as free agents, there's a lot of guys that are older that that are looking for their second or third team and hanging on by a thread. But I like Marcus Douglas. I think he still has a lot left and, and can contribute. And if you can bring in a guy, you know, a hometown guy, the fans always like that. Well, you've got this kind of over 30 thing, which is a thread we'll see all the way through these defensive ends. i got to go, I'm not sure. My thumb, I'm not sure if it's up or down because Douglas was in a 3-4. He'd be coming to a 4-3. But then, you know, a lot of people talk about him having, you know, he's he's flexible, could go inside or outside on the on the defensive line. So if he's that kind of an asset, he might be a guy they'll talk to. And the rumor keeps getting floated that they're interested in him. Name number two on the list, Greg Ellis, yes or no? think so. I think Greg Ellis, you know, the Cowboys took a pass on him and he went and, and where did he go? Oakland last year and that really just did not work out. So I think Greg Ellis is one of those guys that probably doesn't have a lot left in the tank. And, and I would probably lean towards thumb da- thumbs down. Um, I don't know. I don't think he's that great of a pass rusher in the first place and this team's looking for, for guys that they can, they can move in and out and, and I think they're just looking for youth. Yeah, and at 13, well, after 13 seasons, if they're going young, he's not your guy. 
And then one dude who opens his mouth, he wins the Super Bowl with the Saints. What does he say? Oh, man, you know, I'm a free agent now. I'd love to play in Carolina. And that's Charles Grant, uh, 31 years old, just over the limit. He's over that Brad Hoover, Jake DeLome limit. So maybe, maybe not. What do you think? No, I think Charles Grant, I, he's a thumbs up to me. And, and the fact is, he said he'd love to play against a division rival or he'd love to play for one in Carolina. I, I think that's, that's an interesting dynamic. And I think he's still got a lot left. I mean, he had five and a half sacks last year, 44 tackles. I feel I think he's a solid, solid player. And I think you can use him. You can use him with the young defensive ends that you have on the Panthers roster. I just don't know if it's going to happen, though. I mean, he, he's a good player. You know, with played college ball at Georgia, 6'3", 285. He's got good size, got some good speed. And, and yeah, you mentioned, open his mouth. He wanted to say a little few things during the Super Bowl. But I think Charles Grant uh, is a good player. And I would lean towards thumbs up on him. Yeah, I got to go. With Charles Grant, I got to go thumbs up with him also. And then the old one, the old dude out of the bunch, and that's Leonard Little, who somehow, at his age, at 35 years old, still had a pretty darn productive t- uh, season for maybe the worst team in the league with the Rams last year. Now, he's on the street after 13 seasons. Maybe, maybe not. I'm going thumbs down with Mr. Little. I'll probably go. I would go thumbs down as well. I mean, there's talk, of course, Brian Baker, the Panthers defensive line coach, was in St. Louis for quite a while, and he coached Leonard Little. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if you could bring him in for a two-year stint. He may be one of those guys, though, that you know what, if a team three, four weeks into the season has an injury problem, they call him up, bring him in for a tryout, and if he's in good shape, you sign him to one of those one-year deals. I don't think he's one of those guys that you look at during free agency period and sign to a contract for more than a year or two. And his old teammate in his SpongeBob SquarePants pajamas, you know, maybe uh, maybe we try that again like we did with Hollis Thomas last year, but a little too old for me. And then finally, this is the guy that I think out of this list that probably intrigues me the most. And that's Adewale Agunlie, uh was undrafted, completely forgotten. For goodness sake, if Dave Wanstead can find him, um, wow. And the guy's 32 years old, been in Chicago. He's now the odd man out thanks to that Peppers guy, whoever he is, now joining the team. So Agunlie, I got to go thumbs up with him, especially if you're going to put him in a rotation. So I'm a big thumbs up on Agunlie. How about you? Yeah, I am too. I mean, he's got a lot of athleticism, which you really are looking for in a pass-rushing defensive end. And, and you know what? He did. He got shuffled out of the mix when Julius Peppers came to Chicago. And, and what better place to come and play with your chip on, her, on your shoulder than Peppers' ex-team? And, of course, you know, it would be great to see those two going at, at each other, you know, not on the field, but and, and taking turns on defense when the two teams play each other later this year. I don't know if it'll happen, but I think it's going to be a, yeah, I certainly think he's got a couple good years. And he could certainly contribute for a team right away. Now, we're looking at receivers next, and I really only wound up with five names on this list. Let's just throw a couple of these guys completely out. They're they're probably not even worth talking about. The first name that stood out to me on the list was Javon Walker. He's now a huge bust after getting major money in Oakland. He's out, and you can throw out, almost completely throw out Kevin Curtis, despite the fact he's actually decent in the slot at times, but he's been a bust in Philly after signing a fairly rich free agency deal with them two years ago. So they're out. Leaves us now with three names. We'll start with Mark Clayton, and I'm going a big thumbs down with him. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so either. Mark Clayton's been a guy who just can't live up to, to the hype that a, people, a lot of people had for him 
you know, he, he had all the opportunities in the world in Baltimore where, you know, what's the rap on the Ravens has always been, okay, they don't have anyone for their quarterbacks to throw to, and he got a chance and it really hasn't, uh, hasn't provided that spark that the team's been looking for. They're, they're kind of like the Panthers. They were looking for the longest time. It was just Derek Mason, and they could never find that wide receiver that could help him out and provide a good number two option. So I would probably say, no, I'll take a pass on uh, Mr. Mark Clayton. Thumbs down. And then we're talking earlier about defensive linemen who may or may not be coming home or have the chance to come back home or close to home. How about Torrey Holt? Uh, I got to think, you know what, if you just, I got to go thumbs down simply because of his age. It's like you're trading Moose for Torrey, and I don't think that's, you know, I mean, it's, you're not really getting ahead that way. So I've got to go thumbs down simply because of his age. No, I, I understand where you're coming from. I would actually go thumbs up, though. Um, to be honest with you, I would have liked the Panthers to, to keep Moose and Muhammad around and never had to deal with trying to get a better receiver. I think Torrey Holt is fully capable of replacing Moose and Muhammad in that role as well. I just wish the team wasn't in a position where they would have to, to fill that role. I think Moose and Muhammad had, had a couple good years left of him, and they shouldn't have, have uh, let, let him go. But I think Torrey Holt, you know, you bring him home, you let him play in his, in his home state, of course, with the NC State, and, and I think he could probably be a, pretty, be a pretty good number two, maybe number three receiver. Uh, but again, this is a position they probably need to look to get younger at. And I would throw out this next name, but I think we already know your answer and my answer, and that's T.O. I think we're both thumbs down on him. So especially after 14 years, coming into his 15, 36 years old, and his attitude, uh, probably not. So let's throw out this next name. And to me, most intriguing out of the list, and not everybody knows who he is. And that's because, I mean, he only started four games in Buffalo last year. But that gives him a link to Tyke Tolbert, our new wide receivers coach. And that's Josh Reed. He's only 29 years old, been in the league eight years, coming into his ninth year. Had only 27 catches last year, but could be a decent role player kind of guy. I'm going thumbs up on him simply because of his connection to our new position coach. Yeah, and let's, let's not forget, I mean, he only had 27 catches last year, but two years before that, I mean, he had over 100 catches uh, combined in those two seasons, in 07 and 08. So I think he's got a lot of potential. I mean, he's 29 years old. He's been in the league for nine years. You mentioned the connection that he has with the new uh, receivers coach. I think this is a thumbs up, and, and I'm certainly hoping that the Panthers go after Josh Reed. I don't know if he's that, that guy. That He's certainly not that guy that Steve Smith would like that, that could be even better than him, but I certainly think he could be a, a, uh, a solution that could fix the now. Well, three weeks to go to the draft. And free agency, you know, it can drag on into August, as we all know. So who knows what happens with these players, all the other guys that are still out there on the street out of work. So I guess we just have to kind of all remain as patient as we possibly can. So I, we just have to kind of brace ourselves. But uh, Mr. Nick, we'll uh, keep watching for the news, and we look forward to next week as always. Hey, thanks, John. It's been good, man. Here are the digits you need to give us a call. 206-350-9673. Leave a message telling us what's on your mind. That's 206-350-9673. We'll be back with more CCR. The Fansided.com Sports Network. You play to win the game. Where diehard fans dish out nonstop news and views on their favorite teams. Playoffs? Don't talk about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs? Fandom has no offseason. So he sucks you guys right in. So consider yourself sucked. Neither do we. 
If you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them off the hook. Fansided.com, the number one pro sports blog network on the internet. This is Matt Moore, and you're listening to Cat Crave Radio. We are joined now by Tom Sorensen of the Charlotte Observer. As always, Tom, a pleasure to have you with us. Uh, thank you. Always pleasure to do the show. Tom, this thing that happened, uh, this actually sounded kind of unusual to me. John Fox is saying more, it seems, this offseason and being pretty direct about a few topics. At the owners' meeting, when he was asked about Jake DeLome, he mentioned that well, Jake sort of had to go. The situation had to be changed. This could have gotten awkward. Do you think things would have really gotten that kind of out of whack with Jake there as the backup? Jake, you would not have seen it, Jake express it externally. I mean, Jake's a team guy who would have done everything he could for the team, but, you know, it was his offense. And inside, it would have just been eating him up to watch somebody else entrusted with it. Yeah, Fox made a good point. It's, it's rare that you see somebody who's been a starter, you know, be a backup on the same team. I think Jake had the temperament to do it, but, you know, fans had turned on him. They decided Jake was evil, and Jake was always evil, and Jake always would be evil. Um, short memories. And so what happens is if Jake had thrown a pick, um, you know, fans have just been all over him again. And it just, uh, you know, just time for him to at least attempt to get a fresh start elsewhere. How unusual was it, do you think, to hear John Fox himself saying that about Jake? He's been more candid. You know, I mean, he cried at the farewell press conference or news conference for Jake. And that surprised me because Fox is usually very guarded with his uh, emotions, uh, which, I mean, it's funny. I've been out with Fox, and he's funny. He's cool to be around. And you would never, ever know that through the news conferences he does. I and mean, that's a different side of him. So I was, uh, I was surprised that he was, uh, I thought he was unusually candid. Quarterback is going to be a question, especially because of depth now, and we we have to see what Matt Moore can do. But there's going to be a rumor out there. As long as as this story out of Philadelphia continues to grow and it's gaining momentum, it seems, can we not just go ahead for anybody listening and rule out any addition of of a big name like a Donovan McNabb? I think so. I mean, they even they even trusted this more. But that said, they they don't know if Moore's their quarterback. I mean, they named him their quarterback. They don't know. There just isn't enough evidence to indicate what he can and can't do. But it would be uncharacter. You know, McNabb's not going anywhere to be a backup, although he doesn't go to Minnesota. And, um, no, it's, it's, he's not coming here. All right. Now, there's this uh, – and there's always the quietness of this part of the year, not much going on. And the fans complain that, hey, you know, we're, we're playing cheap and we're not getting anybody in, but that's always been their M.O. anyway. But has there been even a whisper that, that you've heard of maybe any free agents that are going to be visiting Charlotte? No, no. Um, uh, you know, the, the one characteristic is there's two things to keep in mind. One is they've never been cheap. And so if they are, it's going to be out of character. And usually people stay in character. Two, you know, the season doesn't start for, what, six months? So uh, they have time. I think you'll see after the draft, you know, they're going to bend and shape that roster. And I'm not sure exactly what they're going to do, but I think there'll be some surprises on draft day. And I'm curious about it. You know, I think that they, they absolutely have to have a wide receiver. I think they absolutely have to have a quarterback. I think they absolutely have to have another pass rusher um, in that order. And um, But maybe, you know, there were some surprises late last season. Guys like Schwartz from who were little known. When it was their time, they stepped up. Maybe there's a, 
a receiver like that somewhere, but I don't know who he is. If I'm watching anyone out there among the free agents in the league, it's Josh Reed because of his history with Tyke Tolbert, who worked with him in Buffalo. Any chance that with that history that we might see Reed visit here? I don't think it's about history. It's about talent and what he has to bring. You know, I was... Everybody who's been free, Bryant has been inconsistent in his career. Bolton uh, is a warrior, but he's a warrior gets hurt a lot. And uh, I just don't know, you know, what they're going to do at, at that position. He's certainly a candidate. You know, he's only, what, 28, 29? Um, but um, uh, I just... I don't know. They've been playing it really close to the. I don't like cliches, but they they have let very little information out, and and I've tried to get inside, and I tried to get it, and I've learned very little. Well, the guys always do this. I know the the players are going to talk about, you know, they're going to talk about the upcoming season, and some of them are going to be more, you know, they're going to be more apt to say hold the company line, say the right things, especially now because of the changes the team has made, but. Uh, recently, Chris Harris made a comment. I, I think this was on, I want to say it was on his blog, but he came out actually in support of Dwayne Jarrett saying that, you know, wait till you guys see him. He's, you know, he's really going to shock you. But then John Fox, on the other hand, well, he doesn't sound sold on the guys. So I don't know. It sounds like we're getting mixed messages. On one hand, you got a player saying, you know, Jarrett's going to be good. Then Fox, not so much. I mean, so. Well, not everybody, not everybody sees the same thing. It is subjective. Yeah, I wrote last year that there were people in the organization who thought that Fox, that, that Jarrett was much better than he'd given an opportunity to be. That, that he, he to, to me, Jarrett's a guy who, unlike Steve Smith, who, unlike Lucien, is not really adept at, at operating in space. That is, he, he's not great at improvisation. But if you say, go here, go here, go here, he has all the tools. And, and I watched him dominate practices last year. I mean, th- there were at least two practices where he was the best player on the field. And just kind of kept waiting to see that in the game. We saw it at the end of last season. I think, yeah, I would disagree with Fox in that one, although he could be a little bit closer. I, I, I think Jarrett can be a legitimate number three or even a number two, but they, they've got to find that third one. Well, i got to ask this, and this is probably a premature question. I mean, we're only in March here, and, you know, there's a lot of time between now and even the, the time we kick off in September, but... John Fox really has it's it's as if he's been set up now for the fall. We know he's got a one-year deal and he's he's in a lame duck situation. We don't know what happens in 2011. There could be a lockout. So if you had to let's say you're just looking into the crystal ball, I mean, do you see John Fox back beyond 2010 with the way things are kind of falling in place with the team or do you think that's something that Jerry Richardson would just readdress come, say, January or February? I don't know. I mean, so much is contingent on what happens next season. And again, it's only March, so it's it's, it's tough to anticipate that. You know, it wasn't just staff. It, it's Fox who got a one-year, um, he was coming back for one year. It's his entire staff and attorney. So I think everybody's sort of under the gun. You know, the sense is within the organization that Marty can stay as long as he wants. And I'm not sure if that's true of John. I'm not sure if John wants to. I just... It's so speculative right now. You know, I mean, we're, we're kind of fishing for stuff to talk about and write about. So it's one reason I haven't written much about the Panthers lately because there's been so much else going on. Well, you can always write about, I don't know, Brad Keselowski, I guess. You know, that's that's always news. But And it, it, keeps, us, it keeps us interested and keeps us reading. There's really not, like you said, there's nothing going on and no news coming out. No, but out. there is. Not, not in the 
Panthers, but I mean, there's, you know, there's yeah. the Bobcats making a playoff run. There was that Mexico ice and soccer last week. I got to work one morning about 10 minutes to 8 a.m., and there are already people at the stadium for a, a game that didn't start till late. There's the Ultimate Fighting Championship coming up. There's the Chicago White Sox coming to town. There were the drag races at Lowe's Motor Speedway going on right now, and it just, it's like, it, it, you know, with the center of the sports universe. I mean, it, it's, it's been weird, and uh, I just think it's so speculative with Fox. I just think that that and when I talk to those guys, that's what they tell me. I mean, it's just so far off, you know, and, and, and where John is next year, I have no idea. I could see him gone, I, but I could see him here, too. And I hate to be not in the middle like that, but it's March. And who in the world knew that six months ago, come March of this year, we would be talking about the Panthers being 500, missing the playoffs, and the Bobcats being above 500, and clearly in the playoff hunt. I mean, that who knew? So... Strange, strange times indeed. But uh, Tom, as always, <laughs> we appreciate you being with us and uh, talking a little football. Anytime, and next time we talk, I hope I have some news. And uh, thanks, but it's always good talking to you. Always good doing the show. As always, I want to thank Nick Yeoman for being such a big part of the show. It's always great to have your awesomeness as part of the show, Nick. You can be sure and check out Nick's Panthers videos on YouTube. You can search for him there by looking up Big Nick Twenty Seven Hundred. My thanks to Tom Sorensen for taking part in the program this week. Be sure and check out Tom's work online and in print in the Charlotte Observer. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter. Go to catcraveradio.com. Click on the newsletter link at the top of the page. You'll be given a quick and easy form to fill out, and it's that simple. We'll keep you updated on all the show guests, basically everything that we're doing and everything the team is doing through the blog. Again, go to catgraveradio.com. You click on the newsletter link and fill out the form. We've been having a few issues on iTunes, so please do bear with us. So We apologize for the problems. We are working to correct this, and it should be corrected very soon, we promise. And be sure to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash catgraveradio. Give us a follow there, and yes, we promise we'll follow you back. Feel free anytime to give us a call. A lot of you have been very quiet lately. So call us up at 206-350-9673. There you can leave us a message. We want to hear your opinions and let everyone else hear your opinions as we play them back here on the show. Call the CCR hotline at 206-350-9673. I'm John White. Thanks again for listening. We hope to be back inside of your listening device once again next week with another edition of Cat Crave Radio. Thanks again for listening to Cat Crave Radio, a proud member of the Fan-Sided Network. Check out catcraveradio.com for our complete archive of interviews, commentary, and analysis. The CCR crew will gather again next week to bring you another fresh episode. All material, copyright 2010, Cat Crave Radio. Stand and cheer for the Panthers in our grand old day. Nothing could be finer than to be in Carolina.